Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and then today I'm joined by my co-host Brandon Siegel. What's up? How man? we doing? How we doing? Yeah, first episode. Are you excited? First episode. This Dude, is monumental. I'm hyped, man. I'm super hyped. This this is we've been waiting for this for a while. We've been really on this for a little while. Yeah, we've been talking about it. We've been wanting to start a podcast for the past I don't know, it's been a month or two. And I I've been thinking about it and I think I I didn't tell you about it. I was thinking about it for a couple weeks, and then I never told you about it. And then the one day when I was over here, I just like, like, hey, why don't we start a podcast? Right. And you were like super excited about mm-hmm. it. And it's actually ironic because I was literally like, I had the same exact thought process. Like I remember being home, listening to a podcast, and I was just like, dang, I really want to make one. And I remember coming back and like we hung out or something. And I was like, Trevor would literally be the perfect person to do it with. So I'm happy. Hey, it's it's happening. Yep, it's, it's happening. actually happening. So. The main two things before we get into our uh, first topic is that um, I basically want to kind of give us an introduction about like what our podcast is going to be about, a little bit about who we are. Um, so basically, our podcast is going to be mainly about sports. Obviously, Brendan and I love to debate sports. We, we talk about sports. basketball, football sports. all the time. We're always arguing about it. And then we also may touch on music a little bit. We like talking about like mainly rap and hip hop. That's mainly the kind of music we listen to, right? I do like some rap. I like yeah. a little bit of rap. We leave some pop in there. We sprinkle a little bit of pop. A little, little pop, maybe a little, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> and then uh, maybe even talk about life in college. You know, the struggle of um, taking all these classes and trying to get our degree and, you know, stuff like that. Fun stuff too. Yeah. College is very fun. Fun stuff. College it's is hard fun. but fun. Yeah. And so that's mainly what our podcast is going to be about. Um, a little bit about me. Um, I'm from Warren, Ohio. Obviously, I'm a student at Bowling Green State University, and I am interning with BGSU Athletics. Well, we both are. Both mm-hmm. at the uh, BGSU Athletic Department. Shout out the marketing department. Uh, I'm from Solon, Ohio. Love sports. That's just what it yeah, is. Yeah, love sports. Just love sports. So into our first topic, get a little bit of updates from the past week. First up, Will Wade and the Wiretaps. What do you think, Trevor? Um, so Will Wade has had an amazing season at LSU this season. They are, I believe, 26 and five finishing out the season. They won the SEC outright after the first seed. Yeah, they're they're going to be the one seed. They won the regular season outright 26 and five um, after Tennessee lost to Auburn. So they've had a great season. And now all of a sudden this story comes out of Will Wade um, he suspended indefinitely. Apparently, was caught in wiretaps with Christian Dawkins, where he was talking about um, a player, or he referenced a player by the name of Smart, who is a freshman for UNC, mm-hmm. and top the, fifty recruit. Yeah, top fifty recruit, and there's speculation like. There's really no deniability to this. Like they could say, like, oh, like what's like what else would you be talking about saying like smart other than he told, like the player? He told he told the player they have to give him the rookie minimum. Gotta give him the rookie minimum. <laughs> it, that's, it's kind of a tough situation because you know the, there's really no way around it. Right. And what's interesting is like Bill Self was literally named mm-hmm. in you know the the whole legal uh, you know argument. And, I mean, Kansas didn't do anything. So, I mean, props to LSU. They did that. You know, LSU right. has kind of not been known for the best on those situations, but they really hopped on it. Uh, what's interesting to me is, like, how is this going to affect LSU? Like, what do, you, what do you think, like, the team going to the tournament, even the SEC tournament, I mean, number one overall seeing the SEC tournament, beating out Tennessee and UK, who I think we can both agree are, I mean, those are top five, six, seven, eight teams. 
so what do you think? How do you think that affects them? Yes, um, LSU's been a big surprise this season. Yeah. But they're very talented. Obviously, Naz Reed, um, a great freshman. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Tremont Waters, who arguably could be the SEC Player of the Year. We'll talk about that later. But Tremont Waters has been amazing. And um, going forward, I think they're very good. Um, and I think they're still going to be very well off. I think they could potentially make a Sweet 16 run. We'll see. But I think Will Wade probably is going to get fired. Um, I think it's probably Without evident. a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, heading into our next update, uh, we have Antonio Brown. Yesterday signed a nice deal. Well, got traded, restructured his deal, signed a nice little deal, uh, guaranteeing him around $30 million. Um, deal will go through 2021. It'll span from either $38.9 million to $50.1 million. Uh, so he's going to get 19.8 annually. That wow. is insane. Good for him. That is insane. Winners of the deal. Antonio Brown. That's the only winner in my book. I don't think the Raiders won, really. Obviously, they got a great player. But they got to eat up his contract. It's $20 million for a receiver? Oh, my God. That's what you give quarterbacks. It's a lot. Low 20s. Uh, the Steelers, which, you know, you know I hate the Steelers. Yep. But the Steelers, they're... <laughs> This is the worst trade. I mean, I understand they're in a horrible situation, but this is probably like the worst thing that could have happened to them. Think about this. They, I mean, they, they, have, they have the recorded highest cap hit ever. $21 million for Antonio Brown this year. $21 million cap hit. I don't know. It's tough because I know he probably wanted to play, but that's a tough trade. Only getting the third and the fifth back. Obviously, the Raiders have to eat up his salary, and they got to deal with his antics, but that's, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely Antonio Brown's the winner here. I mean, good for him. Obviously, Big Ben made the comments about, oh, he's not running, like, good routes. Mm-hmm. And um, the GM coming out and talking about the other 52 players is, like, being the kids the under. Kids. Like, the like kids. Big Ben's the dad or something. Like, it, I think that's ridiculous. Antonio Brown is a very talented player. Right. I don't think you can lose someone like that. It is so, a tough Antonio loss. Brown's the winner here. It's, uh, it's definitely a tough loss. On to the next update. Uh, we're going to recap the games from yesterday. Two big ones. Uh, my boys in blue, Michigan. Uh, had a hard-fought loss to uh, Michigan State. Are you all right? Sadly. Yeah, I'm all right about it. <laughs> as much as I hate State. It's a, I mean, without Charles Matthews, this would have been a very different game. I understand they lost by 12, but, I mean, winning almost the whole entire game, they shot better uh, from 3, uh, 36.5% to 27%. So, I mean, this is really a game they should have won. I understand it was on the way, uh, on the way court and no Charles Matthews. But with Charles Matthews, game changer. Obviously, State could say the exact same thing. Uh, if they had uh, Langford, Langford and, and Ward. Ward. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about the end? Yeah, um, it was weird because Michigan was up big early in that game. And I thought, okay, here we go. Michigan's going to end up winning this game by like 10, 12 points. Mm-hmm. And it was looking good. all of a sudden, you know, Michigan State makes this huge run. Um, and they ended up winning. And the whole game, I mean, really, my takeaway is just that I had a hard time, like, recognizing some of the players on the floor. Like, I didn't even know, there, there like, half of the players ton. that were playing. It was insane. I mean, so many of the players, and it's just because both teams are hurt. Yeah. They have to go deep in the bench. But Charles Matthews, he's such a big player where, I mean, they're going to guys. I mean, I was telling you during the game, they had Brandon Johnson, David DeJulius, and uh, Castleton. Those three guys combined for half the amount of minutes per game as Jordan Poole. And they're all playing yeah. big minutes in the game against Michigan State, one of the biggest games of the year, winner is the well Michigan would, would have been the number one seed. I think Michigan State was the one seed. So yeah, the winner got right. the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. So really a huge game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that Michigan should be too upset about this. No. I mean, we'll see what happens in the Big Ten tournament. Hopefully they can get. They a want to have a good showing to hopefully get a two seed to make sure they get a two seed. And um, yeah, that's about all I have to say on that. Next update: Duke versus North Carolina. 
Uh, great game for North Carolina, I want to point out. Obviously, yep. about having Zion, that's a rough one. Zion counters at one. Well, now two. But mm-hmm. um, it's a rough one without Zion. It's really the heart of their team. But it, it, to me, at the least, RJ, he went 10 for 27. Not good. Ten, he took 27 shots in the college basketball yeah, game. Yeah, he's done that many times this year. Um, RJ Barrett, yeah, he's hasn't been all that efficient this year. And... I've wanted him to take over with Zion being out these past five or six games. I've wanted RJ to really take over some of these games against Virginia yeah. Tech. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it last night either. Um, I still love RJ Barrett. Still think he's the second best player in this draft. But, you know, my opinion on him has gone down a little bit. It's, it's interesting. We were talking about this yesterday about how has Duke lived up to their expectations? Obviously, Zion has probably been a little bit better, but Cam Radish has been... I mean, as much as I love him, he definitely hasn't been as good. Mm-hmm. Um, RJ Barrett has shown flashes of excellence, but, I mean, the Gonzaga game at the end there, taking way too many shots at the beginning of the year. Games like this, taking 27 shots in a game? That's, that's insane. And obviously, Bolden got hurt. Uh, he didn't play the rest of the game after he got hurt. Zion's out. It's a completely different dynamic when, especially a team like Duke, is only playing seven or eight guys in the rotation. You take two of those guys out, that's huge, especially your best player. Definitely. And I'm going to just point out that... Obviously, both of these games against UNC, Duke did not have Zion Williamson. So I don't want to take necessarily anything away from UNC. Yeah. But I think these, I think we have to say that like with Zion, you could argue that Duke could have won both of these games. It's it's definitely a good argument. I mean, both of these games. What was the first differential? I know this it was, game was nine. So the first game was uh, 80, 86-72 UNC. So there was definitely a bigger differential, but the game was it was decently close, yeah. right? Was I wrong? It was, so, it was a good game. I mean, you would think Zion, a guy averages above twenty a game. Obviously, it's not. I'm not adding twenty points to the end score, but you would think it would be a little bit different. You know, the outcome would definitely be different. Like maybe even so much so, where Duke might have won at least one, maybe even two of these games. I agree. Um, but again, no no discredit to UNC. <clears throat> Kobe White, that man is an animal. Oh, I love Kobe White. I seriously think his draft stock is rising an enormous amount. Yeah, he's fun to um, watch. UNC is just kind of fun to watch. I love Luke May. Uh, quick shout out my friend Aaron from UNC. I know hopefully he'll, hopefully he'll be listening to this podcast, but uh, he actually got to he got to witness all the uh, shenanigans his first year when they won. So That's I'm awesome. jealous about that. That'd be That's super awesome. fun. Yeah, definitely. All right, into our first main topic here. Yes, sir. We're gonna go over college basketball awards, small baller pod edition. Let's get it. So we're gonna go through the uh, the major uh, six conferences here. <clears throat> Uh, we're going to start off with the ACC. ACC. Um, we're going to put our uh, Zion counter probably up a little bit more. Who do, you th- who do you think player of the year is? I know this is a very, very tough decision. Um, Trey Jones. Trey Jones, of course. Trey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Averaging what? Trey Nine Jones. a game, ten a game. <laughs> yeah. Trey Jones. I mean, Trey Jones. Okay, no. It's not, it's not Trey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously not It's uh, Zion Williamson. Um, <laughs> Zion's averaging 22-9 and nine this year, shooting an amazing 68% from the field with a PER of 42.3. I mean, insane. like, I don't even know what else to say. Like, he's just amazing. Yeah, like, uh, I'm, it's going to be, it's a tough one. It really is a tough decision. I'm also going to have to go with Zion. Um, Wait, really? It, <laughs> Zion? Zion, this man, he completely changes the game. We were just talking about it. Obviously, we're kind of continuing into this conversation, but he's literally been such a powerful force. I mean, he's essentially unguardable. Now, obviously, we'll have discussions about this, and we'll probably discuss right. this on f- future podcasts, but whether he's ready for the NBA yet, his shooting isn't 100% there. His three-pointers got awful. Um, I'm interested <laughs> to see if he can make the transition of having a shot. You know, p- People are going to compare him to Ben Simmons. They're going to compare him to Giannis. Yeah. 
Yeah. You no. Know, for now, he's doing pretty well. You know, I I think he'll he's gonna be most likely the player of the year. He's just been excellent. Yeah, I think he'll definitely be the player of the year, even though he's missed now five or six games. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think he'll still get the votes, and I would vote him as player of the year too. Yeah. So. All right, going on into coach of the year. Who do you got as coach of the year for the ACC? Coach of the year or the ACC. Okay, this was super tough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to give it to Buzz Williams. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm going to do. I was, you know, I was thinking about, you know what? What if I just have like a like a tiebreaker between like him and Tony Bennett or something? But I'm like, no, I'll give it to Buzz Williams. I'll give a shout out to someone who, you know, maybe isn't recognized as often or as much, and. Um, Virginia Tech, I think, they they haven't been a program who's been all that great recently, and now Buzz Williams is bringing them back into, you know, like the, the tournament picture being one of the best teams in the country. Right. Virginia Tech, obviously they're a top, I'm going to say top 15, top 20 team in the country. Yeah. They're going to be a top five seed. So I got to give this one to Buzz Williams. Um, he's done a great job with his team. Of course. Uh and I think I had the exact same thing. Buzz Williams is definitely my coach of the year uh, for many reasons. We look at it, you know, what they're projected. They, they were projected to finish, I believe, eighth eighth in the, uh, in the ACC. Were they really? About to finish eighth in the ACC, projected beginning of the year. I think the over-under was eight and a half or nine wins. <coughs> um, you know, coming out, doing what they're doing, finishing as a top 15, 20 team, most likely top 20. Yep. Um, I mean, they were projected to finish behind Clemson, Syracuse, Miami. They blew those teams out <laughs> Miami, in the water. Yeah, Miami's not very good. No, Miami's terrible. Know. Miami is very, very terrible. Um, so, overall, let's see what they finish with. We have 12 games. They won 12 games. So, 12 over games. three more than projected. Finished 15th in the nation. Um, nice. So, very, very good. Uh, good team he produced. Yeah, they could uh, be dangerous in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, Big 12, Player of the Year. Who you got? This is a hard one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's not really that hard. <laughs> uh, it's Jarrett Culver. And I would like to say it's the other Culver. Um, Got to give a shout out to my man Derek Culver over at Yeesh. West Virginia. Had a rough year. Even though West Virginia went twelve and nineteen. Are they related? No, they're not related. No, they're not. But you know Derek Culver, he's from my high school. Got to give a shout out, mm-hmm. um, and he's had a pretty good year uh, for West Virginia, even though they've had not been good. But Jared Culver, on the other hand, um, this is a guy who at Texas Tech last year he was I would I think he was the third leading scorer on last year's team, where they had a lo- they had a lot more talent or at least perceived talent because they still have a lot of talent and they were a three seed and Jared Culver wasn't really in the uh, he wasn't really in the the focus and um he was like their third best player and now he's kind of taken over and Texas Tech weirdly is still like a top 10 team in the country so I think he's been amazing and now he's probably going to be in the lottery uh an NBA draft Maybe a top five, top six pick, even potentially. He'll be a lottery pick for sure. Uh, I also had Jared Culver, uh, averaging thirty four percent from behind the arc, um, and fifty five from two. So he's had just an overall amazing year. Are we going to disagree at all? No, we'll disagree. <laughs> we'll disagree for sure. Next, next category. Let's see what we do here. Big Ten Player of the Year. Who you got? Big Ten. Okay, so I don't have a Michigan player, so we're going to disagree. Um, I don't have a Michigan player either. You don't? No. All right, no, I have Cassius Winston. So Michigan State, um, they lost Josh Langford earlier in the year, who was probably their best player coming into this year. And they also lost, lost Nick Ward recently. We'll see if one of them come back. Obviously, there's theories about uh, Michigan State with the manufactured adversity. 
and whether um, they can <laughs> the manufacturer versus a Michigan State, and they'll probably still end up being. Um, obviously, they are still a very good team. But Cassius Winston doing what he's doing without Langford and Nick Ward, uh, he's been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll have our first disagreement here because there's no way you'll hear me say a Michigan State player is number one. Um, I'm going to go with Ethan Happ. Complete game changer uh, against my boys in blue. I mean, literally took them out of the game. John Teske, who was a fantastic player, had literally no ability against uh, Ethan Happ. He's too dominant. He's my player of the year. On to the next conference, the uh, Big East. Player of the year, who you have? Big East. I got Marcus Howard. I think this one was kind of easy for me. Um, I've watched Marcus Howard about four or five times this year for Marquette, and especially against Buffalo. Um, when they beat him in December, I believe, they beat him 102 to 84. Marcus Howard had, I want to say, like 44 points against Buffalo. It just lit him up. Um, they were just streaking from three, and Marcus Howard has been amazing this year. Yeah, Marcus Howard, I have him too. Uh, he's shooting 43% from three. That's insane for college. He's going to be a fantastic, fantastic NBA player. Definitely a top 20, even 15 pick. Maybe even slide in the lottery. Um, he's had two games above 45, one with 45 and 53. And he has eight games above thirty, so yep. way too dominant. They're gonna. I seriously think they'll do well in the tournament. I know they've been slacking a little bit, but they'll end up doing pretty well in the tournament. Yep. All right, SEC Player of the Year. Who you have? Um, SEC Player of the Year. I got Grant Williams. Grant Williams, a guy who he probably will be the SEC Player of the Year. Repeat. He was SEC Player of the Year last year. Yep. So I think he's gonna repeat. Um, he's been amazing for Tennessee, who's having another great season. They didn't get the big. Uh, they didn't get the SEC co-champs this year. But they're still going to be very dangerous in the tournament. One of the best 10 teams in the country. And Grant Williams is just a solid all-around player. So that's who I'm giving it to. Uh, I, I honestly think this really isn't even that difficult of a decision. I'm going to go a little different than you. I'm going to go P.J. Washington. His shooting stats are insane. He has a fantastic defensive efficiency percentage. I, seriously, I mean, he shoot 45 from 3 and 55 from 2. It's, he's too dominant. This guy, I seriously think, under, super underrated, P.J. Washington, super underrated. I think he should be a top 10 pick. Easy. Top easy, 10? Easy, easy, easy. He, he's been very mm-hmm. good as of late. Of course. Then, obviously, we're going to go into the, uh, the sixth big conference, um, and that is obviously the MAC, right? The Not Ma- the Pac-12. The Mac. MAC. Wait, what about the Pac-12? No, no, the Pac-12 is barely a conference. <laughs> MAC, number two. Or number six, I mean, excuse me. Num- MAC, who you got as player of the year? Um... There was a lot of different options here. You know, I thought about C.J. Massenburg, but I didn't want to give it to him because there's so many great players for Buffalo. They have so much depth, and his numbers have been down. Um, his field goal percentage has been down. And I also thought about Jalen Walker watching the B.G. Kent game. He kind of killed us even though we ended up winning. But I'm giving it to Justin Turner. Easy you know, decision. I'm not, I'm not I'm, I'm going to be biased here. I don't care. I'm giving it to Justin Turner. I love him. Um, he's been averaging about almost 19 a game, 48% from the field. He's just been spe- spectacular, and he really is the leader of this team. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so glad that we're going to get him for another two years, hopefully. I love Justin Turner. He's easily my player of the year. I'm going to transition a little bit. Coach of the year, too easy of a decision. Projected to finish last in the MAC. Last. last. We come out on top. Yep. Easily mm-hmm. Michael Huger. Love Michael Huger. Absolutely. I love his scheme. The defensive effort that our team has given this year, his defensive scheme has been amazing. Just such a great overall coach. Coming uh, in third in the regular season, uh, literally projected to finish last. Wasn't even supposed to win six games. So pretty easy decision for me. Yep, I agree, 100%. All 
All right, on to next topic. We're going to transition a little bit outside of college basketball and go to the NBA. Yeah. Um, what is your proposed NBA. question, Trevor? Um, is LeBron still the best player in the NBA? Okay. This is, I can't believe I'm even discussing this. I can't believe this is something we're about to discuss. It's, it's a reasonable insane discussion. to me. It is, no, it is not. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. It, is, it isn't even marginally close, in my opinion. Not Just, even close. No! Weight of all time, it's not close. Okay, maybe a little bit close. But <laughs> LeBron is just so good. Okay, let me explain. Obviously, the Lakers have not been good. Okay, we understand that. But every team LeBron James has been on has been tailor-made for him. The earlier Cavs, even them, they were tailor-made for him. He goes to the Heat, brings his boys there, tailor-made for him, comes back to the Cavs. They literally do whatever he wants. That's why they've done well. They, that, those teams did well. LeBron goes to this Lakers team. Now, obviously, they haven't been doing well, but not, not only... Is this team not necessarily obviously you know the players around him? There's a ton of good young core players, but they aren't made for him. It's not just made for him. They're gonna do that next year. I know they will, and they're about to win 45 to 50 games, easy. Okay. How are how are they gonna do that? By getting good pieces around him. Okay. They have so many great contracts. I literally don't think they have any bad contracts. Like literally not one. Everyone is either a rookie deal or expiring contract. Um, but even with all that. There's been so many players on the Lakers hurt. LeBron missed those 20 games. They went, what, 9 or 8 and 14 or 8 and 15, something like that, yeah. without him. I mean, think about if LeBron played those games. They would definitely have picked up a couple more dubs, without a doubt. I mean, just without a doubt. Too many young players playing together. It's the same thing as last year's Lakers. Okay? Additionally, Lonzo Ball, when he got hurt, was playing some of the best basketball he's ever played in his entire life. Fantastic uh, perimeter defender against the guards. Too dominant. Okay, too dominant on the defensive side. He would have helped so much, and now he's out for the rest of the season, along with, um, along with Rondo, um, and James is putting on a, LeBron's putting on a minute restriction. LeBron is the best player in the NBA still. End of discussion. But you can you can try to argue that. <laughs> okay, so, I disagree. Um, obviously, I I like LeBron. I root for LeBron, and all those series against the Warriors, I was wanting LeBron to win. I'm a Miami Heat fan. I'm a huge D-Wade fan. So with when he was with the Heat, obviously, I was rooting for him. I wanted him to win as many championships as possible. But now with the Lakers, he is not going to make the playoffs for the first time in about 14 years. And he has been the best player in the NBA, in my opinion, since probably 2010. So for like nine years now, he has had eight straight finals appearances. And now he's not even going to make the playoffs. And I don't think that's really a debate anymore because the Lakers are 30 and 36. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're about about five or six games out. I think it's about five and a half. Yeah, from, getting, like from catching the Clippers or Spurs. So it's not going to happen. They're not going to make the playoffs. So I just don't think I can say that someone's the best player in the NBA if their team's not even going to make the playoffs. You know, I, I get what you're saying there. Without a doubt, I understand what you're saying. But if we're talking about who the best player is, does that matter what team they're on? Is the best player, that individual best player, is that a team award, who the best no, player is? No, it's no. not a team award, but if you're the best player in the NBA, you elevate your team. And of course. You, and they should make the playoffs at least. Of course. At least I mean, when you playoffs. miss 20 games, it's almost 20. I think it was maybe a little more than 20 games. Right around 20 games, it, it, it's, it's going to take a huge hit on the season. It, it definitely does, but I, don't, I think he still should have been able to overcome it. I just don't think he's been a great leader this year. Like, I don't think he's led these guys he's, well. He's His been defensive effort, leader. like, we can't really avoid. Like, like you, can, you can't be biased and just ignore LeBron's, mm -hmm. like, defense, like, lack of defensive effort. Like, he hasn't really tried that hard. And this has always been, for, like, the past five years, this has been the, the stigma. 
And many, many like analysts, if you really look and they explain about LeBron's defense, LeBron doesn't blow assignments. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yes, there might be some plays where he looks frustrated or something, or might you know, there's the time where he threw the ball behind the backboard uh, when they were taking the ball out. Obviously, he's frustrated and stuff, and that's a different story. What we're trying to say here is that his defense is phenomenal. It's the fact that there is times where he is literally too exhausted. He's not missing assignments. He's there for his assignments. He is. His assignment might be to drop back down on the block and to chill. He might be the big in at that moment. So, to me, there's no question that no. I mean, no one else in the NBA is better than LeBron James. Okay, but to transition a little bit, who would you propose is better than than LeBron James right now? Uh, Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA now. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's the best player on in an off season. No, he now he's on an off season. Now, he's on. He, Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. So you said one thing I want to point out. You said LeBron James sometimes is too exhausted, like too exhausted yeah. to like play defense. So to me, it's if you're too exhausted, that means now LeBron is, he's 34 years old. He's, so he is starting to get older. I'm not saying, obviously, he's still very good. But at some point, you have to, like, at some point there is a decline. And LeBron right. James, if he's getting exhausted, he's not giving as much effort. And he's never been, like, in the past four or five years, he hasn't really given all that much effort in the regular season because he's saving it for the playoffs. So if he's saving it for the playoffs, he has to then be the best player in the playoffs to show that he's the best player in the world. Like, you can't just take a regular season off and then just miss the playoffs, and then you're still considered the best player in the world. So, like, Kevin Durant was number two before, so now LeBron James, because he's not making the playoffs, there's no way he's proving he's the best player in the world. So now Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. So, I mean, are you saying just because he makes the playoffs, he's not the best player? Like, is that, is that the determination? Yes. Yes, because he's that's when he proves he's the best player in the in the world. Because last year, if you if you take the Cavs team, they were the five seed. So before the playoffs, I think there were a lot of people. There were even these same concerns a little bit about LeBron in the regular season last year because they were the five seed. You know they weren't playing that well. And then when he got to the playoffs, he was amazing. Um, he had fifty points in that game one against the Warriors. They ended up losing, but he was amazing in the playoffs last year. So if he's not even be, being able to be in the playoffs, he can't be considered the best player in the world. I'm, I'm just going to have to disagree. He, he, let, me, let me explain. It's, obviously, the playoff, those games are they're heavier. They're, they're weighted more, of course. You, know, you lose four games, you're out. Regardless, there's a ton of amazing, amazing players that don't make the playoffs. They get eliminated super early. Russell Westbrook has been eliminated the last like two years, first round. I mean, just garbage. Yeah. Okay, and he's overrated, but that's for another discussion another day. So why are you – so what's My point, point is is that just because you're one of the best players in the league, making the playoffs, not making the playoffs, that's not – if we're talking about who is the best player in the world, okay, it is not a factor if your team makes the playoffs, okay? If I put all scrubs on a team with LeBron, it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs, okay? This team is not, is not making the playoffs for multiple reasons. Injuries, outside noise, Magic Johnson tampering – Rob Palenka going back to play basketball at Michigan, whatever it is, okay? That's why that this is happening. There's so many injuries, so much noise, all this with Anthony Davis. This team does not have unity yet. And once it does next year, especially when they bring more pieces around LeBron, easy playoff team. I, and I think a large part of that unity problem is because of LeBron. Mm-mm. But, I mean, I think we're just going to have to disagree on this. Um, all right, you want to close it up? Of course, of course. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, it's going to be episode one of the Small Baller Podcast. Uh, we hope to see you next week. We're going to try to bring one out every Sunday. That's the goal. Uh, so I'm Brandon Siegel. 
And I'm Trevor Reddick. And we'll see you guys next time.